Hello you filthy animals and welcome to Kinkonology with me, Lyndon Cassidy. Kinkonology is a weekly comedy podcast that probes the depths of kink, one sticky letter at a time. Now, if you've tuned in and you're an oversensitive fuckwit, you may want to reject this podcast and retreat to a safe space. This week's podcast is sponsored in part by the letter A. Now, anal... <laughs> I just jumped in with that anal. Right. <laughs> See, don't jump in with the anal. The letter A is for anal. Um, anal sex isn't really overly kinky, let's be honest. Pretty much everyone's doing it, aren't they? But it is a great place to start. And I don't mean during sex. Anal should probably be a closing act rather than, you know, an opening gambit. But it's definitely, it's definitely more in the in the what's what's the fucking word i can't even think of english words i'm just thinking of anal sex now it's in the it's in the collective consciousness everyone thinks about it everyone talks about it people have a a very definite is it a taboo am i into it aren't i into it i don't think anyone doesn't know what anal sex is and in this podcast there is going to be things that you might not have heard of before there may be some in this uh in this episode actually but so I guess it, it's quite a deep subject, pardon the pun, anal sex and deep. What I like about it, and this may be what you like about it if you do like it, is that it's a taboo and it is naughty. You shouldn't really be going in that hole. Um, but do you know what? Some people do like it, some people love it, some people can stand it and other people hate it. So me personally, I'm just going to throw my hat into the ring, so to speak. I do like it. It's fucking naughty. I shouldn't like it. Do you know what? If holding hands suddenly became a taboo, I'd probably want to do that all the time. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I do want to fuck your mouth and oh, I'd love to eat your pussy, but is there any chance I could hold your hand? And the woman would be like, mm, yeah, as long as you start off gently. That's the other thing. You have to start off gently. So I have a theory as well about anal sex. The older you get, I think, um, the darker your penis gets. Men out there, or women that, you know, have a lot of experience of even looking at penises as they grow, as they grow old, as some sort of fucking scientific experiment. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm only with this guy. I've been with this guy 15 years. I'm only with him just because I'm, I'm trying to gauge how dark his cock gets. I remember as a kid seeing my dad um, in the toilet. Not in the toilet, that would be weird. He wouldn't have fit in the toilet. But having a piss... And thinking, wow, his, uh, his willy looks really dark. I was quite young. And, you know, when you're a kid, my son now does it, where if I go for a wee and he knows I'm going for a wee, he has to come and have a look. By the way, my son's just over two. It's not like he's 17. Uh, that would be slightly weird if my 17-year-old knows, oh, shit, Dad's going for a piss. I must go and watch. No, he's, uh, he's young, so he's just curious. So my theory is that the, my cock's getting darker because of the amount of anal sex I've had. And it, I really only started having anal sex... when How old was I? I think I was 22 before the first time I had anal sex, which is weird because I'd often thought about it, but there was this taboo growing up that if you have anal sex, you're gay. And um, being a, a fuckwit and thinking that that mattered or that in some way there was a correlation between anal sex and being a homosexual or even the fact that I didn't want to appear to my friends to be a homosexual. Um, I didn't partake in it, although I really, really wanted to. But in my own mind, I knew that there was no correlation between being gay and, and anal sex. But 
around my friends, I would always, I would always say, no, 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 I definitely don't want to do that. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to fuck someone's ass. But do you know what? It's not for everyone. And if you're not into it, I would say male or female, I would say uh, definitely don't ever be pressured into it. Anything sexual that we, that I discuss here, don't ever feel pressured into doing it. Um, and it's a funny one as well, because I think sometimes if you don't try stuff, you might never know whether you like it or not. But if you're just not into it and it's like, oh, the thought of sticking my cock in someone's ass repulses me or the thought of someone sticking a finger or, or I don't know, pegging me really turns me off, then, you know, just don't do it. But if you're not sure, then maybe give it give it a go. But what I would suggest is definitely... I'm not using this as a fucking... This isn't a, like a public service announcement either. I'm suspecting that the people that are listening to this are adults i'm hoping you are adults although do you know what if you're not an adult um maybe you shouldn't be listening to this or listen listen to this with your parents that's fine sit down with mum and dad get nan round and say look i want to find out about sex this guy Lyndon, is doing a podcast called kinkonology he's on twitter at kinkonology and at really Lyndon. And I want to listen. And, you know, I'm only 15. I shouldn't be listening to it on my own. So let's do it as a family thing. We'll get together. I'll sit next to Auntie Jan um, rather than Uncle Nigel because he gets a bit fucking handsy. Um, we've all got one of those uncles. Um, and, and yeah, listening to it. But anyway, this isn't this isn't an education. I'm not doing these to educate you. I'm just fucking waxing lyrical about things that I'm into. Um so this will be the first and only episode <laughs> just because I'm into anal sex. But yeah, so bit of advice, use plenty of fucking lube. It's not a self-lubricating hole. Um, you know, like a vagina is a self-lubricating hole and your mouth is a self-lubricating hole. And I guess your pee hole, if I guess, can be a self-lubricating hole if you're into it and you want to shove stuff down your pee hole. That's something I'm going to have to look into, not doing it myself, because I definitely don't want to stick anything down my urethra. But there's got to be a term for that. If you know what that term is, then uh, tweet me and uh, and tell me what that is, because I might try and um, stick that in, pardon the pun, um, into a future episode, unless it's A, and then we'll have to wait for season two. Um I was going to give you some facts about anal sex, but because I'm a shit podcast, I haven't written them down. But there are some definite facts that most people may or may not know. Um, firstly, anal sex, you can actually get pregnant from anal sex because the uh, the wall between the vagina and the anus is relatively thin. Um, there are rare cases where people can or have got pregnant from that. So uh, just letting you know, it's not a good method of contraception. And definitely if you're using it, if that's the only method of contraception you're using, no disrespect to the Catholics, but I was brought up a Catholic and that was definitely on the cards as far as, oh, I can't, can't, definitely can't do it in the pussy. And the Pope says not to uh, do it in the pussy. Um, Want to do it in the ass? Yeah, fuck it, why not? Anyway, I'm talking about Uncle Nigel again. So, yeah, that's one little fact that you need to know. And, yeah, the lube thing, you definitely... And you can get a special lube. Now, there's lube that is sold as anal lube, but a good lube is just a good good lube. It doesn't matter what hole you're going in. But also, start off really gently. Um, the reason God gave us fingers, if you believe in God, is so that you don't just ram a cock up there. And that's why our fingers are in different sizes. They're like Allen keys for anal basically start off with the pinky finger now i've got big hands so you know it, it, 
maybe maybe get someone with small hands to start off first but if not if you if you're brave someone like me so start off with a pinky finger obviously lube it up lube around the anus a little bit slip it in a little don't just ram it in like you're trying to fucking find the ejector button or anything like that but you know take your time i often find as well to uh to get the person in the mood to receive a length <laughs> what a fucking disgusting thing to say are you ready to receive the length um is uh and i don't know if you're into this you might not be into this but um do you know what eat the ass put your tongue down there get your mouth around there give it a good eat um always be clean as well no i don't know what you're into you might be into that stuff but to me personally if i'm going to eat someone's ass i want it to be clean if i'm having dinner i don't take out a dirty plate um with loads of fucking stuff all over it and gubbins and then serve up dinner on it i need to make sure that plate's clean um and that's a good idea that's a good rule to have um you you want the ass to be as clean as possible and and yeah so lube up a finger um after you've gone down on the ass for a little while give it a bit of a tongue lashing i don't I, when i say tongue lashing i mean literally lick the asshole i don't mean tell it off like look at you you dirty fucking hole you could do that it depends what your partner's into you know who knows but anyway yeah you've got you've got four fingers and a thumb working up so you've got the little pinky finger then you've got um what you would call your your wedding ring finger um on your left hand i'm looking at my left hand currently uh, but then your index finger is pretty much the same size as as your uh as your wedding ring finger so uh, but your middle finger isn't much thicker than your index finger but it is slightly longer so basically what god's done there is is gone right i'm going to give you the smallest finger lube that up first stick that in there um once your partner's got used to that um, you can then use your wedding finger and then when your partner's got used to that your your boyfriend husband wife girlfriends sisters uncles um orangutan then we'll move on to the the slightly longer middle finger so we're going to get a bit more length then but we're going to ease you back down a little bit slowly so not as deep we're going to go for the index finger which is same sort of size but slightly shorter so it's like oh okay let's have a bit of a bit of a chill out and then stick the thumb up <laughs> right obviously lube, lube up all of those fingers and then when there's well maybe i'm giving too much of my own secrets but the once you've taken the thumb you're pretty much ready to rock and roll you can then gently guide the uh the tip of your cock in or a toy you know whatever anal sex doesn't have to be with a penis you can put pretty much any well not pretty much anything up there you can put a fucking bicycle up there or a fucking helmet well, the helmet of your penis could, but not a Viking helmet. But anyway, so that's A for anal sex. Fucking hell. Okay, so as well as the A to Z of kinky shit, um, every week I'm also going to be doing a couple of segments. And one of these segments is this segment. And it's it's weird, well not weird, weird's the wrong word, but strange or funny um, sex related stories from around the world. So one that I found is actually from February 19th, uh, sorry, Friday the 9th of November 2018. And the title is Woman Catapulted Off Bed During Sex. <coughs> sorry, this bit isn't funny. And Paralyzed Loses Claim. Okay, High Court judge concludes that injury to Claire Busby 
of Berkshire, which is where I'm from, was tragic accident. Wow. Claire, if you're listening to this, I feel bad for you, mate, but at least you were doing something you were enjoying. A woman left paralysed after being catapulted to the floor during sex has lost a high court damage claim against the company that supplied her bed. Do you know what? This is where aftercare comes in. Claire Busby of Maidenhead, that's not far from me, in Berkshire, sustained a serious injury to her spine. Well, she's paralysed. When she fell from the super king-size double divan as she shifted positions. Shifted positions? In, in what way does you shifting a position catapult you onto the floor? Busby, 46, had alleged the bed was defective and claimed a seven-figure sum from the Berkshire Bed Company trading as Beds Are Us. Firstly, don't buy a bed from anyone called Beds Are Us. I'm sure it's a great company, but what a fucking name which supplied it. But announcing his judgment in Bristol, the judge, Barry Cotter, said he had concluded the accident was a tragic, a tragic accident, or the incident, sorry, was a tragic accident and that the claim had failed. Cotter said he was not satisfied the bed was defective, adding, it required a most unfortunate and unusual combination of positioning on the bed and movement, which I do not believe would have been foreseeable by any reasonable person prior to the incident. Wow. I, I want to see footage, or at least a diagram of what happened. A high, that was me saying that, not the judge. A high court hearing in London last month was told the bed was delivered to Busby's home in August 2013 when she was renovating the property. She was injured while having sex with her then partner. Then partner! So the fucker left her. John Marshall. John, you bad bastard. Although I don't know, she could have been a right fucking nightmare. She told the court that the bed gave way as she lay back with her head towards the foot of the bed and she was toppled off the end, landing on her head. Busby said, I spun round, I put my hand down, and then I felt like I was catapulted off the back of the bed. My head hit the floor, I fell to the side, and then I heard like a spring in my body snap. It felt like... That's awful grammar. Um, she, she alleged that the two divans which made up the base of the bed were not properly fastened together, and the two gliders or feet were missing from the end of the bed. Okay, surely... If there were supposed to be four gliders and there were only two when she put this bed together, yeah, that's a problem. But don't then, don't then get in it. Don't get in the bed. Do you know what I mean? That's your own fault, isn't it? Clearly, creating a height difference between one end and the other. Yeah, how much is the height difference of the gliders or feet? Marshall told the court how he initially found it funny. <laughs> Before he realised the horror of his partner's injuries, she said that she could not feel her arms and legs. I thought she was joking and laughed. To to be fair, if that had happened, if I had fallen off the bed and I was okay, that's probably what I'd say as well. I'd probably say, I can't feel my arms and legs. Um, but, you know, whether I could or couldn't. Um, the company denied liability for Busby's injuries and contested the case, insisting the bed was properly assembled. Okay. After the ruling, Richard Manders, the director of Berkshire Bed Company, said, We were sorry that Miss Busby was injured and we wish her and her family well for the future. Our beds and mattresses um, can be trusted to provide comfort and are perfectly safe. Uh, safe. Wow. Okay, so... Um, bit of bad luck I think do you know what I mean we've all had weird things that have happened to us or shit things maybe that have happened to us um during sex most of it 
doesn't end with paralysis. It doesn't, like, there's a picture of someone in a wheelchair and someone stood next to her, what looks like a, in a court. Um, she's got, um, the the woman stood next to her has got a cigarette on, she's got a fag on, and, and the woman in the wheelchair has got, well, it's hard to tell what her injuries are. Do you know what I mean? Is It could be, it could be that she's paralysed for life, but either way, that is fucking tragic. But, just be careful, guys. If you're going to fuck on a bed, don't go all Tarzan and Jane, you know, straight away. Test it out. Have a bit. If you're a kinky bastard, have vanilla sex on a bed for a little while. And just think, right, rather than just going in the, the full suplex and a fucking fist up the ass and a fucking a ball gag in and, I don't know, five other guys jerking off over all of us. Let's Let's start off with a bit of just a bit of doggy. A bit of slow doggy, or fuck on the side. You can fuck, lay on the side, fuck for two minutes, make sure no one died, and if no one died, then gear up to it. It sounds to me like she got on the bed, and the fact that her head was down where your feet would be, she, clearly she's a dirty girl, do you know what I mean? Any any man or woman who's willing to put their head down the other end of the bed is clearly a kinky fucker. So um, I wish her well though, what was her name? That's so rude that I can't remember. Claire Busby, Claire, I hope you're alright. And um, look, e email the show. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do hope you're okay. Okay, A is also for autoerotic asphyxiation. That's a mouthful. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Now, I know what this is. Um, it's not something that I've tried personally. I don't think I'd really enjoy it, but let's chat about it anyway. I'm going to be trying to be a little bit less preachy than the last one, because anal sex, I was. it was like I was teaching you to suck eggs or suck ass. I don't know. Let's just fucking, let's just chat about it. So, another, another term for autoerotic asphyxiation is... Um, What's the fucking term? Is oh yeah, asphyxy wank. So it's basically where it's it's done by the individual to themselves, so auto. So um, like autobiography, um, you do it to yourself, and you asphyxiate. So you you restrict oxygen to the body through the lungs to the brain, um, and you can you don't have to, but you basically. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say how I think it happens, which is probably bullshit. But so basically you get a, a huge orange, you lace it with amyl nitrate, you shove it in your mouth, you put a pair of tights over your head, you get a belt around your neck, you tie one end of that to a fucking door handle or something. You get your trousers down, actually get your trousers down first. Let's start again. Get your trousers down first and your pants, maybe some lube in one. No, no lube yet because you're going to get sticky. Right. Pants down. Trousers down, pants down. Amyl nitrate. You don't have to use all of these things. Orange in your mouth. Something in your mouth, right? Restricting your fucking breathing. Put a ball gag in. Put a sock in. Do what you want. Make sure it's a clean sock. You don't want to fucking get some sort of infection in your mouth if you survive this procedure. Um, stick something in your mouth. Maybe a pair of tights over your head, whatever you're into. But ultimately, the asphyxiation part is just wank off while you're fucking choking yourself. So a belt around your neck or something like that. Now, this is obviously really fucking dangerous. Um, and I guess that's a part of the turn on. 
Um, I don't personally get it. I don't like to be choked during sex. Someone tried it once, and to be honest, um, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, it actually does the fight or flight thing for me, so and obviously I can't fly away, um, so I, I literally just want to wrestle the person to the ground. Um, but yeah, so so jerking off while you're choking yourself. Now, to be honest, there's there's only really two two endings with that, isn't there? Either you come, you ejaculate, or if you're a lady, you orgasm, and you have a female ejaculation maybe or an internal orgasm. Or you die. So, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a part of the appeal. Me personally, I don't get it. Um, I've met women and been with women that like to be choked during sex, but never to the point of like, oh shit, I'm at the pearly gates and there's St. Michael, famously, I think it's St. Michael that meets you, but you're sort of in and out and it's like, are you coming in? And it's like, oh, I don't know, I'm fucking heading back down the escalator. Are you coming up or not? Oh. And it, it, it's like, if you've got that far and you're seeing St. Michael at the pearly gates, you might have gone too far. Um, so it's fucking dangerous. I hope no one's trying, I hope no one's listening to this podcast going, you know what I need to do? <laughs> I need to find someone with small fingers to butt fuck me. And then I need to get a belt <laughs> and some amyl nitrate. So, so yeah, this isn't, just so you know, don't, don't anyone try anything on my say so. You do what you want. You're an adult, hopefully again. And if you're not an adult and you're that 15 year old that's sat on the sofa with Nan, hi Nan. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe they will have turned off way before this, but yeah, just, just be fucking careful. Um, also there's, I, I don't know that it's not quite selfish that like if I have a wank the worst thing that's going to happen is potentially I could fall asleep after my wank with my cock in my hand and maybe someone could walk in on me but that's very unlikely um I guess there's at any point during a person's life they can die so there's no reason why I couldn't fucking die during a wank but to be honest the only embarrassing thing would be them looking at my porn, what I'm watching on Pornhub or, or any other reputable porn site. And that's not really that embarrassing. I'm not really embarrassed about my porn choices. But if you're into auto-erotic asphyxiation, who's likely to come in and find you with a pair of tights over your head with a huge fucking orange in your mouth? Again, that's optional. Trussed up like a chicken a belt round your neck your face is blue you've pissed yourself and you've orgasmed obviously that's the other thing as well they reckon um if you choke someone to death they do orgasm um maybe that's where it maybe that it basically came about like a few hundred years ago when they used to put people on the gallows and they used to realize fuck you know every time we do this the guy comes everywhere um and then you know one one of the executioners was like maybe we should make them wear pants <laughs> because every time we do this they get massive reactions and no one's watching the guy hang anymore they're just looking at his massive cock and then they get sprayed with fucking jizz i don't know that's probably that's probably not accurate what happened but who knows who fucking knows i haven't read the history books i'm not really into history although i would definitely read about that but yeah so who's going to find you if it's going to be a nan or your mum or you know, if you're older and you've got kids, is one of your kids going to find you? That's, you know, that's fucking really traumatic. Not just because one of your loved ones is fucking hanging there and, and they, they've died and, you know, you've now lost them and you'll never see them again. But also because 
they went out like Michael Hutchins, famously from In Excess. That's how he went out, and and I think David Carradine, allegedly, um, that's how he died as well. Or allegedly Michael Hutchins. I don't know if any of that's true. That you know, who knows how those guys died? It's not like there's no. You know, sometimes you see like famous autopsy pictures of like Tupac and stuff like that. There's no famous picture that that someone at the scene of of um, Michael Hutchins um, took a photo of him hanging there with his cock in his hands and his face is all blue. Um, the morbid curiosity side of me, I, pro I probably would have looked at that if it existed, but let's hope it's not out there. Otherwise, people are going to be Googling it. But... Um, but yeah, that's going to be really traumatic. Like Nan comes in, she's not going to be strong enough to try and lift you down, and she's not going to know how long you you've been there. So she's going to grab you around the legs and try and like lift you up, so you're not hanging and stuff. And your fucking sweaty, soggy members going to be fucking slapping her around her jowls. It's just embarrassing for everyone involved. So I would suggest if you're into that stuff, one of your one of your close friends is just say, look, if you don't hear from me for forty eight hours or twenty four hours. You know, I'll I'll message you. I'll tell you what I'll do. If I'm gonna auto erotic asphyxiate, or if I'm gonna fucking have a choking bash, I'll I'll text you and say, um, reporting for duty. And then it normally takes me, I don't know. Let's say it takes you forty five minutes to get everything up and and together. Because to be honest, um, you know, where are you getting a fucking orange? I haven't got an orange. There isn't an orange in my house. If I wanted one, I definitely haven't got some amyl nitrate. But um, but yeah, just say I'm gonna message you in 45 minutes. If I don't message you in 45 minutes, leave it to the hour mark. If I haven't messaged you for an hour, call me. If I don't pick up, come straight around my house. There's a key under the rock in the back garden. Let yourself in. Cut me down. Um, you know, take the take the um, take the orange out of my mouth. Tights off my head. Pull my pants up. Um, take obviously take my hand off my cock first. Take the belt from around my neck. And um, although, do you know what? That's surely you're tampering with evidence, then you you could be fucking accused of murder, couldn't you? Um, I don't know what you should do. Anyway, listen, I'm not judging you if you're into it. Whatever you get, get your kicks. I I'm one of these people that I think as long as you're not hurting anyone or doing anything illegal or against anyone's will, then you know, rock out with your cock out and choke yourself as much as you want. Um, but that's completely up to you. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do it. Just you know, there's no judgment from here, but it's fucking scary, man. I um I couldn't do it. One, um, I'm a big fat bastard, so I haven't got anything in this room that I could even top. If I try to hang myself with belt, it, it's a Primark belt. It'd probably snap. So for the American listeners, it'd be like a Walmart belt. It's just not good quality enough to to take my weight. So um, but that's not the only reason I'm I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not into it. Yeah. Okay, it's time for this week's um, listener stories. Now, this is actually from someone on Twitter, um, Podcast Daddy, at Enough Snuff is his name. Um, it, it's it's about autoerotic asphyxiation, although I, I think he's misunderstood autoerotic, the auto part. Um, but we'll, we'll read his story fine. That's cool. And I think he might be from America because there's some colloquials that he's used that I don't, we don't really use here. But that's fine as well. I'm sure you'll understand him. Right, so I'll read it as he's written it. <laughs> this is not the uh, thoughts of the management, by the way. I finally, after six months of spitting game to a new girl that moved to my hometown, 
she let me fuck. She always told me her boyfriend didn't explore anything and their sex lice was pretty vanilla. I think he meant sex life, but he said sex lice. <laughs> I've never had sex lice. Anyway, sex life was pretty vanilla. So we went to my house and commenced the dirty. She looked at me and said, I want you to choke me. Dope, I get to show her something new. So I take off my belt, wrap it round her neck and commence fucking her from behind while pulling on the belt. She goes quiet for a minute or two. I look at her... I look and her face is purple. I quickly pull out, flip her over and start doing CPR. She comes back and the first words out of her mouth were, and I quote, I have never come so hard in my life. <laughs> right, okay, listen. Podcast Daddy, that is fucking horrendous an amazing story strange it's the first story of the podcast that i'm using so thank you guys make sure you go and um thank podcast daddy at enough snuff and um follow him as well and guys and girls if you have any stories um i will be posting on um my twitter and kinkonology twitter mine is at really linden and kinkonology's is um at kinkonology you can also um, send me an email if you want me to read it out, and it's a listener story, and that's, um, what is it? Kinkonology at gmail.com. That's kinkonology at gmail.com. So I'd, I'd love to hear your listener stories. If you've got anything to do with anal sex or aftercare or autoerotic asphyxiation, I can always read them out next week, and, um, and that would be really fucking great to hear your stories. Not just because I fucking jerk my gherkin over it although i probably will i'm not going to jerk my gherkin over this one because it's quite although i come quite quick that's even a short one for me but i really like that um so thank you very much for that and um yeah i can't wait to hear some more And finally, A is also for aftercare. Those that are not into the kink community, you might not even have heard of this as a thing. Um, but aftercare is basically, when you have sex, let's say, for example, you have um, quite normal sex, vanilla sex, if you will. Um, and I don't know. What do you tend to do? Do you tend to just have sex with your partner and then you just up and leave? Or do you have some pillow talk afterwards? Or do you say, it's time for you to go, Dad? You know, do you cuddle? Do you stroke each other's hair or back or chest or anything like that? Basically, when you're doing something more than just vanilla sex... And do you know what? To be honest, I would say that aftercare is, is good for, for any sexual encounter. Um, but in the BDSM community or in the kink community where maybe you're partaking in things that are slightly more aggressive or have um, emotional elements to it or fear elements and that sort of stuff. Um, aftercare is really important. I'll give you an example. If I was with a partner who wanted to be um, to have impact play or to be spanked quite heavily, um, now, one, the pain element of that can be quite intense um, obviously, you know, based on what you've pre-agreed that the terms are and if there's safe words and make sure that you abide by those and it has to be consensual and all that other stuff. Now, after that, and there could be other parts to, to what you're doing, it might not just be spanking or it might just be spanking. There's an element of, there's an emotional release to that for a lot of people or a physical release. 
Um, and there can be a release of endorphins, there can be a real high or a re release of dopamine, and you can feel really high. Now, with any high, um, you're obviously going to have to come back down. And with that come down, sometimes you can feel a bit shit, you can feel low. So if you're a submissive, you might have something called sub drop. Um, which um, I'm sure we'll get round to talking about when we get to S. Oh my God, that seems so far away. Or if you're a dom or a top, you can have top, uh, dom drop or top drop, um, same sort of thing. So so really what you're trying to do is you're trying to, um, to lessen the effects of this by using aftercare. So aftercare really is, is quite a... Um, it's it's a massive, varied subject with different people within the community using different techniques. Some people do and think it's really important some people don't think it's that important or some people use different techniques other people use um, types of food that sort of stuff so aftercare for example can be something like after you've had a scene or you've played with someone or you've had sex and it could be rough or impact play or whatever it is the scene that you're doing afterwards um, you can use touch you can use um, reassuring words telling the person that they did a good job telling them how you feel about them and and just genuinely uh, uh, generally reassuring them with your with your words and your tone um, touch can be a really important one some people like their back to be rubbed or or um, their hair to be stroked that sort of stuff maybe kissing can be involved but it's a really it's a cooling down period a little bit like going to the gym I guess in a way because you know you work out you really work out beforehand now you're supposed to warm up beforehand which to me the warm-up would be um in this scenario would be making sure that you're both on board with what's happening and what's to be expected and safe words and blah 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 so you're not just jumping in and potentially gonna injure someone or or, or create bad feeling or fear or, or pain that isn't expected that sort of stuff then you get to the main scene of what you're doing and then afterwards you need the cool down so that your body can recuperate and, and your mind can recuperate. So some people use touch, some people use stuff like uh, chocolate um, and something that's sugary because obviously the emotional high, um, the come down can be quite heavy so that little sugar rush can push you up slightly which uh, eases down the come down which is nice. Um, some people use other things like they they might use other toys that are more sensual they might use feathers or um, types of cloth that sort of stuff and it's very rare um, varied sorry of what people use I would say it's really really important especially if you're even just in in like some people might not like this term but in vanilla circles vanilla sex it's really important to connect with that person on an emotional level um, if it's just a one-off and it's like you both agree that you're just going to fucking duck, then that's fine as well. You do what, what you want to do is consenting adults. But I would say if you're in a relationship, it's always good to uh, reassure the person that you're with. Um, and they're much more likely to come back again if they feel valued. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so for me personally, uh, chocolate is a good one. Um, maybe a sugary drink, um, playing with hair, brushing hair, um, just talking. Pillow talk's really nice. And... Um, or what you can do is you can just not give them your surname and phone number and just run off afterwards. But I wouldn't advise that. I think that's probably a fucking dangerous thing to do for yourself as well. And it's not, you know, it's not just for the other person. If you're the dominant in this situation, it's not just that you want to make sure that they're okay. Because especially if you're doing something quite um, strenuous or aggressive or um, emotionally um, taxing, you're obviously going to need to uh, to take care of your own feelings as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I personally think aftercare is really, really important. And um, and it's not just how, it, and it's up to you how long that takes or, you know, what the signals are that you're looking for that that person's okay and reassured and that you're reassured and stuff as well. But you have to figure that out yourself, I guess, with your own partner. This one sounded really fucking preachy. Do what you want to do. But me personally, I go for aftercare. I think it's really, really important. Anyway, there you go. Fucking aftercare. Who would have thunk it? Thanks for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed this shite and got a girl boner or a, I don't know, a moist mangina, then a great way to say thanks and ease your post-orgasm regret is to give me a five-star review on iTunes. Until next time, don't forget, consent is key and don't take your genitals too seriously.